0: To people, well, welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I'm your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week I am joined once again by Tracy Barnett as we dive into the gameplay portion of the next session of our ongoing Ironetta Accelerated campaign. Ironetta Accelerated is of course the fate-accelerated powered game of Viking warriors at the end of the world battling off Ragnarok in, behind- in the wheels of 30-foot tall bone mechs. It owns. There's nothing else to say about it. Check the show notes for more information about IronEd Accelerated, as well as all of Tracy's other work, including Another Blind Page, which is a character creation, storytelling, and world building podcast inspired by a podcast called All My Fantasy Children, which I'll talk about in the outro, as well as the other cast, which is their actual play. You can find more about their games, all their stuff. Everything Tracy does is incredible and wonderful, and you should check it all out in the show notes. It's great, I promise. And so, without further ado, let's dive into the game. Let's throw it over to me in the future so that he can get started with the show. Take it, Future Me. Thanks, Future Me. Surprising no one, I am sitting down this episode with Tracy Barnett. Tracy, thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Very happy to be here, Jeff.
0: I'm very excited to So after the after the character creation session that we just went through, I'm very very excited to get into this.
1: Yeah, this is going to be good. Um we're we're playing two absolutely disreputable people.
0: Yes, and, um, it's gonna be fun watching watching them collapse, I think a little bit, like it's gonna be cathartic to watch to watch them get 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 what I hope to be their come Well,
1: let's see what happens.
0: Let's see what happens real quick before we dive in though, give the people listening at home uh remind us of what you're working on all you want them to know about.
1: uh, yeah, so um, I've got a couple of podcasts that I do. The first is called. Uh, Waterdeep uh, for A Few Dragons More. It is a riff on Dragon Heist, and you can find that by searching for A Few Dragons More on Apple Podcasts or wherever you would like. I do another one called Another Blank Page with my partner Kate Bowie. Uh, It is a world-building podcast that all focuses around a single moment in time, and we explore blank pages, right? Like a blank Wikipedia page uh, where we make the link to the page in the previous episode and then virtually click on it and explore that same moment in time, but a different topic. Uh, We made up an entire sport in our last episode, which was a lot of fun.
0: Making up sports is one of my favorite things to do. Really real talk. It's one of my favorite, one of my favorite like world building things.
1: Yeah. uh, It is a, um, a combination uh, dueling slash parkour based sport with a bunch of obstacles uh, that we ended up calling diadem.
0: That's very good. Dang.
1: Yeah. Uh, and that's, uh, that's a rarity for us. We, we, unlike the podcast that, uh, we were directly inspired by, we don't name many things because names are hard. Names
0: names are my favorite part of the process. I I feel like it's probably a parent from all my fantasy children,
1: but names are, or names are my everything. (laughs) you, You have a superpower. That's fair. You, you are very, very good at names. Um, but yeah, so I do those two. Uh, I design games, uh, a bunch of small games you can find on my uh, my itch.io page, which is itch.io slash theothertracy. Uh, and I am uh, tapping away at uh, Valkyries. When uh, you last heard me on this, I was still tapping away on Valkyries. And uh, Jeff and I talked a little bit before we started recording about uh, the need for self-care and, and such. So I actually reached out to Galileo Games and Uh, At the time, I told them I couldn't do the project anymore, and they came back with the best response possible, which was, take all the time you need. Oh my God, that's the best possible response. I didn't even anticipate it. Uh, I was not even in a place uh, with everything that I had uh, going in my brain where I could have suggested that to them, and they came back with that instead of parting ways, So, uh, I actually will be running Valkyries at a catacomb, uh, which as of the recording is a week from Friday and, um, I'm, I'm still working on it. It's going to get done. I just don't have the stress of a deadline, which is kind of amazing.
0: That's incredible. That's the absolute, that's, that's a great, that's a great feeling. Yeah. It's It's just being able to work on a thing when you, when you want to work on it. It's great.
1: It's it's so freeing. Um, it, it means that I can think about the game in the way that it deserves to be thought about rather than just trying to jam words down on a page and get it done because it needs to be finished. Yeah. So that's that's what I've got going on.
0: Perfect. Well, this week we are returning to the, the, the world of Iron at Accelerated. We are returning to the hold fast of Jotunheim, but. Uh, we are coming from it from a different angle this time. As is tradition, we have created new characters. We are coming at the next chapter of the story from from new perspectives. But this time, as you mentioned, we're not playing the best people. So w- let's talk a little bit about what has happened previously. And then we'll introduce our, uh, I think, best way to describe them as scumbags. But that's, you know, up for debate, I guess. It's not.
1: No, it's not. Uh, so in Jotunheim, uh, the, the founding... Uh, sort of questions that we answered to, to make this Holdfast two sessions ago. Um, the bone bond in the in the area is bonded to Ymir, father of giants, and th- is a friendly place for giants. In fact, they live under in the hills below the Holdfast. Uh, There's gold in the hills around the Holdfast, and the Empire of Petruvia is attacking, or so we thought, foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. If you listen to the character creation session, you already know what we're talking about. Uh, there are refugees streaming into the hold fast because the lower valleys are flooding and the Yarl at the time, uh, wanted to become the jarl of jarls. Uh, our first session saw that come to a screeching cult oh, as my original you. character. Yeah. My original character, um, deposed him and became the jarl. and Jeff's original character, uh, fulfilled a deal with a giant down below in the hills and is slowly turning into a giant, uh, themselves now. Uh, and then the, in the second session, we had some uh, outsiders, well, one outsider and a uh, a returning hunter coming to the holdfast to warn of the impending Petruvian attack. Uh, and there was uh, betrayal and machinations. And that leads us to the people that we're playing today.
0: Yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and introduce our characters. I, I'll go first. Uh, I am playing Claudius Moravian. Claudius was well still is in his own mind a petruvian legionnaire of the rarest distinction right a petruvian legionnaire of the highest honor and and who represents the the true law the true belief in law and order of petruvia i say in his mind because uh there was an incident there was a, a town as during my time as legionnaire i i I stared down a town that was harboring bandits, and I ordered that if the town wouldn't surrender the bandits, then they were all in league with the bandits and needed to be dealt with. This was apparently an order that my legion, the town, Petruvian government officials all felt was too far, which to me just shows that no one truly believed in the causes that we were fighting for. So I took my ball and I left to go find my destiny elsewhere. So I am here, having lowered myself to working with common bandits, uh, I am here to carve out my own uh, seat, the seat of my own empire with the bloodstained blade that once represented law and order to restore, uh, to restore the majesty of House Moravian and, and take what is rightfully mine.
1: Blow it out your eyes, Moravian. The name's Corwin McCabe of the Clan McCabe, and I'm here doing your dirty work. And if you don't think that that uh, that that's worth something, you think that's lowering yourself. Well, you're down here in the dirt with me. So enjoy. Uh, Corwin McCabe is a bandit. Uh, if there's something uh, they won't sell, they haven't met it yet. Uh, they have a checkered past. Uh, many burned bridges are lying back there. Uh, they have a fantastic mustache. Uh, and then they have a, a group of ragtag scoundrels that they refer to as Clan McCabe, uh, who are very good at banding together and carousing. They are really bad at discipline and loyalty, uh, but they're pretty good at opposing Guile and Haste. And uh, Corwin's here for a payday because, uh, as they put it, uh, Claudius is the author that just keeps giving on pelts.
0: It's real good. It's very good.
1: I'll see so, if I can keep that. I'll see if I can keep my mediocre accent up for the entire session. But.
0: And so that's those are our characters in a nutshell. So now now we we get into the story proper. So where I want to start, I think where I really want to like lead with is there's a scene I want to play out, which is kind of our. uh maybe, Or maybe do we want to kind of play out our meeting and coming together? or Do we kind of kind of leave that to flashback and and, and backstory? What's more interesting I, to you?
1: I, w- I would love to start with that meeting because okay. I think that we can use it as the framing for the first scene that we find ourselves in. Yep. So we're both thinking about that that first day. And, and then we can just flash forward to where we find ourselves now.
0: That sounds perfect. That sounds perfect to me. So where um, – where would someone come to find Corwin to like strike a deal with them? Where would, where would, where, where would, where would, where would I come to you? Uh,
1: I think that there is a place that is, it's technically in Midgard. Some people say it's in Petruvia. It's right on the border near the mm. ocean uh on the, on the Western shore. And it's actually run by an, uh, a, a an, an islander, like someone from the Isles of Mist, like Corwin. And so it, it's like an actual sort of British fantasy tavern, right? It's mm-hmm. a, it, it's, it's a common house, but that it's, it, it's sort of just by itself um, a little bit off the ways of any well-traveled paths. It's not difficult to get to, but like you have, if you're going through that area, you're going there. There aren't mm-hmm. any other, villages or settlements to speak of um it's basically just like a glorified farm where there are a lot of beds for people to stay and there's plenty of alcohol love it um i think that the people who stay there end up doing you know work to to pay their way like their farm hands for a little bit right um uh if, if in addition to paying coin like everyone pitches in their fair share yeah uh so i think that uh it's It's evening time. The sun is beginning to set. There are drinks being passed around in the common room. uh, And that's where you can find Corwin McCabe. And
0: I think, um, I think that this sort of almost, I'm going to describe it as sort of a jovial air. Mm -hmm. Like there's this kind of jovial late evening, kind of autumnal energy to it. Like it's raining outside because it seems to always be raining these days, but there's just sort of, there's a sort of softness to the scene that is, shattered when not many i'm gonna say about four to six Petruvian soldiers like burst through the door and start making proclamations
1: okay what what proclamation are they making uh
0: i think it is uh i think claudius you know tears down the door and it's like attention to all of those that wish for coin and glory i come to you with You know, I come to you and I kind of have to stop myself from saying on behalf of the Petruvian Legion. And I stop myself Mm -hmm. and I say, I'm coming to you as the first of a legacy of new Legionnaires. I am seeking people who want not just a payday, but a chance at immortality. Oh, and also a hell of a payday.
1: Uh, Do... Petruvian Legionnaires, yourself in particular, did they have a symbol on their armor anywhere that's like a family standard or a family crest?
0: I think so. I think they've got that kind of, um, I think they've got it sort of the Superman crest, right? Like it's sort of emblazoned on the front of the armor, kind of around maybe like, maybe it's like the Petruvian symbol with the, the sort of family crest in front of it, a la the sort of medieval shield design. Sure. But it's kind of carved into the breastplate.
1: Okay, and uh, I assume that Claudius has not removed or marred his family symbol. No, keeps
0: it immaculately, immaculately like taken care of for you know for when we're glory for when we for when we return to uh, to the glory that we once were.
1: Fantastic. Uh, so then, when you close that last that last sentence, uh, the the dinner tonight is is sort of like a, a shepherd's pie kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a splat of greasy meat and carrots and peas and mashed potato hits your family crest. And from the back of the room, you hear someone shout, "Ah, blow it out your arse, Moravian. Oh, and that's
0: I think that's the moment. Like, I think I, I point and I'm like, take them like go go grab grab them. And I like I, I dispatch my 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 group, my small my small like squad to just go and like rough that, like take that person outside and rough them up.
1: Um, is, is it fair to, uh, to say that we can resolve this without a die roll? Yeah. Okay. So your squad comes over and uh, clan McCabe stands up um uh, because what they're really good at is carousing and banding together. And this is kind of the same thing for mm-hmm. them. Uh, and I think that it is um a matter of a few short moments before uh, the Petruvians are are on the ground, uh, unconscious or like clutching, you know, broken uh, feet or hands or things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the clan are as well, but it leaves you you standing there with no one around you, and me standing there with just two or three uh, tufts, and I haven't gotten up yet. And from I, my seat.
0: you know, I am dead quiet just like staring in your direction and like at first you know you can see the sort of wounded pride on my face like you can see the the contempt and disgust that i have and the sort of shame that i that i have that i a i was beat that we were bested but also maybe even more importantly that we weren't immediately respected to begin with Mm -hmm. and then you see me start to like grin a little bit like i am you know I see something that I can use here.
1: It's obvious that you need help. If you fell to the likes of us, now what's this you are saying about a payday?
0: I am. I need, and I look at my forces, and I'm like, ah, there's there's no need for puffing up for puffing of chests here. I I seek to claim some land for myself, as you have probably heard. I am a bit on the outs. I, I I seek to claim a place where I where where we can live, and where I can take what is rightfully mine. And simply put, to do this, I will need resources of the human variety to make that happen.
1: And um, Corwin then uh, stands up and begins to walk toward you. And I think as we see them do so the, the tone of the light around the scene shifts and we're in your Petruvian command tent mm-hmm. in present day. And uh, Corwin's walking up to you at your, at your desk. Cause of course you've got a desk in the middle yeah. of this tent um, where it is that the, uh, the troops have reached the holdfast? I'll be yes. having my money now.
0: And I, I, you know, I stop and I, 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 I throw you a pouch of coins and I'm like, there's your first payment. And you know, it's a pretty impressive pouch of coins. Mm-hmm. And then I throw you, I'm like, and now comes the real payday where we, we take what is in what is inside of this hold fast. And we, we take it and we divvy it amongst ourselves and each other. And we, and, we we live in whatever this boneyard is, and we live here like the royalty, like the regal essence that we are.
1: I've never been one for being tied down. What's to stop me and mine from just taking this second payment and going?
0: Well, among other things, you've been spotted. Among other things... I- take it from me more than anyone to say i know how fast i know what a bad reputation can carry i know i know how you can carry a bad reputation i know how it lingers with you i think that you i think that you know i think you can look at me and see that if you if you can you can take your money and leave and be the people that stood here At this battle. Fought their you know. You could be the people that sabotaged. The the, the whole fast of Jotunheim. You can take that payday. And live with that reputation. And see how many more jobs you get after that. When the word gets out. And it will get out. Or you can take this payday. This considerable payday. You don't have to hang around but you can take it knowing that you won't have to work anymore.
1: Uh, I'm going to mark a box of uh, desperation mm-hmm. uh, to use what is hidden in the dark. Um, I can declare a previously unknown factor detail about a person in and okay. around the hold fast. Uh, and for me, for our purposes, that person is you. You're right. Uh, and, and I'm not going to uh, make this too elaborate. I, I think that Corin just looks at you and says, Oh, what are you going to do? You're going to kill me in mine the same way that you slaughtered everyone in that village, huh? Not a... You want to talk about reputation. You're the butcher. That's what they call you down south, you know? Yes, well... The Butcher Moravian. And you want me to live next to you? Maybe there's a third pouch down there.
0: If you're going to put me upside down and shake out the coins... I'm going to need something from you. I'm going to need that that quick one, the one with the rope. Oh, book! I've got I've got some jobs that I suspect they can be of use. If you're going to t- if you're going to take a third payday from me, I'm going to ask a third job of you.
1: Okay, so uh, Tracy is gonna ask real quick. Chronologically,, um, is this falling after the events of the previous session? This you moment?
0: know, at first, I thought it was, but the but like once that kind of presented itself, I thought it worked really well as like a precursor as like an immediate precursor to to, you know, Boke is now like I think that the, that there's another flash forward after this of like Boke has fled the hold fast defenses are in disarray and then what do we both do after that? Because I also think that like cutting to because like the thing that I really want to like do flash forward to is the bone bonded soldier of Amir tearing through the uh tearing through the ground and 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 coming at us.
1: Okay. Cool. I'm 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 here for that. Uh all right so then so then back into this moment before we before yeah. we flash forward books a, a quick one, all right. Slippery. Fine, then. I'll make sure he's compensated if you make sure that I'm compensated.
0: Perfect.
1: And you say that, and I think that there's firelight, like candlelight, flickering on both of our faces. And I think the sh- the scene shifts again. And I'm, I'm ready to go right to that moment that you just yeah. described, if you are. Yeah, okay. I'm absolutely. Awesome. Then... Um, the the quality of the light changes again and the light that is flickering on both of our faces is firelight but much, much larger as the uh the pots that the Midgardians uh, Mid Guardians had set up for fire arrows have been tipped over and there are small fires throughout the holdfast as we're standing uh just inside the front gates of Jotunheim as the the walls have been breached. I love it. Uh, and I think you say perfect again just before the Bone Bonded arrives.
0: So let's take a moment and describe the visual of the Bone Bonded arriving, because like, in the same way that mm-hmm. we kind of jumped between characters a little bit last time, like, I don't necessarily need to see the conversation between uh the conversation wherein oh, what's my name? Ivar. Between Ivar coming home to the Giants, but I do want to I do want to see the moment, you know, that moment of like, I I really want to spend some time thinking on that moment. Right.
1: Sure. Um, And, and also just from a logistical standpoint, we need some stats for the bone bonded. So we're going to need to work out a few things on that front as well. Uh, So in your mind, who was the bone bonded? Did Ivar come back and take the bone bond or was there always a bone bonded in the hold fast Bound to you. I
0: like that there was always a bone bonded because that kind of solidifies that sort of peace, right? Like, and I think they are Mm -hmm. I'm picturing them as a little bit of a like a quiet type slow to anger almost. Because like I said, like the idea that these are that there's a peaceful kind of coexistence, I think kind of gives it this idea that like this is a person that is a diplomat, sort of, or is a diplomat until sh- shit gets real.
1: Okay, cool. Uh, let me just do this real quick and doing some slide manipulation here. PowerPoint magic. All right. So, uh, let's blast through some of this stuff real quick. Yeah. What is the name of this bone bonded?
0: Uh, their name is let's go with, let's done. Perfect. Damn, that was that was an all my fantasy children level. I'm in awe. <laughs> uh
1: it's it's Ironetta. I can only do it with Ironetta. Because right. I've been, I've been I've been doing this for a That's while. Fair. Uh, That's fair. That's uh, fair. Um so uh uh high concept. Uh no knives where words will do. Uh trouble is um my father's rabbits are braver than I. Uh clan is a description of their relationship with uh the giant in their head. Uh, I'm feeling something pretty peaceful, yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah. Um, almost like, uh, well, Ymir is massive, right? Ymir yeah. is the world in, in, in some myths. So it's something like, um, what notice does the dragon take of the housefly? Love it. I also love that.
0: Cause it adds to their meekness, right? Like it adds to this idea that they are, that they, they see themselves as very small because they are in sort of the presence of, of something so colossal.
1: Yeah, for sure. So that
0: kind of explains uh, why they might lack bravery because they they know that there is that in the world which is so much so much larger than them.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I, I like I, I'm I'm liking Fences so far here. Uh, sacred item is um, uh, the blessing of Seer Kel. Mm-hmm. I think that the Seer was their parent. Okay. Okay, and we won't worry about a group aspect for. Uh, this person uh what we do need to do is we now we need to make Ymir the father of giants all right um so um in uh the iron out of core book yeah um in chapter 11 uh wait not chapter 11 where is it creating the rest of the world threats of midgard there we are it's in chapter nine there are example threats and i am immediately going to go to loki's entry because uh Giants are on par with the gods when they're around. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically the, the, the thing I'm looking for actually, that's that's not going to apply to this giant. I think the giant's just bigger than most. Yeah. So what Loki has doesn't actually does not actually apply. Um, so for uh, if you if you want to assign uh, Fenstus's uh, stats array there yeah. on that on that slide, you can uh, go ahead and just rearrange those numbers as you yeah. see fit. And I will type some stuff out for Ymir here.
0: I'm going to give them a two a two in force because I think they do they are they do have this massive like power within themselves. Uh, two in focus, a zero in flare, and a one in guile and haste.
1: And for uh, Fenstus, just because they are bonded to Ymir, go ahead and uh, you have two more points to assign to any of those stats at those approaches as you All wish. Right, so we're gonna put one more in guile, and we're gonna put one more in force. Okay, wonderful. Uh, yeah, in spite of himself, Fenstus is is getting bleed over from mm-hmm. Ymir. Uh, So Ymir is the father of giants. His high concept is my name is who I am. His trouble is all are small to me. His worldly desire is everything, uh, which means that there's no telling what fences has to do to recover Mm -hmm. boxes for uh, for their um, approaches and whatnot or their uh, conditions. Um, Ymir's uh, unique approach is worldly at plus four and Ymir operates at epic scale instead of giant scale. Uh, so this is all of that stuff. Um, I'm also going to say that I'm not going to note them down, but if they come up, Fences has, uh, the two core stunts, um, has next to the gods in power. Uh, so can mark another box to operate at godlike in this case. Uh, definitely can reshape the bones. Um, is a bonfire channeler um and uh has the restless dead so uh fences doesn't sleep much like once every couple of weeks so yeah um but um the the next to the gods in power is going to be the one that actually probably comes into play uh most directly probably yeah so let yeah let me give uh fences some uh stress boxes here and then an Imperil and a Doomed, uh, and uh, Fenstis I think, is ready all to right. go. So, all right, we have Fenstis Kelbear, and we know that they are bound to Ymir, the father of giants. Uh, Claudius has just uttered the word, perfect, as they've breached the gates of Jotunheim. What does it look like when Fenstus summons forth Ymir? Oh,
0: I think it's just, I think it is that like every bone, you know, we've, we've described sort of the bone, the bone yards of Jotunheim, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it is oh, yeah. that those bones kind of rattle and sink into the earth almost as if like pulled down by a mighty weight. And like it, 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 in Claudius's mind, this 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 gives the feel that I am walking, that I am I am walking and the earth is is falling around me because Claudius is mm-hmm. that kind of asshole. And then suddenly um, walking, you know, in a I think in a robe. Like, you know, hands sort of doing the thing with a robe where you kind of tuck the hands in and you hold your forearms walking forth and like just slowly kind of. Bones starting to jut out and starting to, like, take on, like, a, 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 cha- you know, shift in shape and just starting to, like, grow larger is this tiny, tiny, you know, meek man. Um, I think Ivar, you know, walking behind with, did we give a name to our, uh, the, the woman from the other Holdfast who came and who has been working with us?
1: We did, and I will be damned if I can remember it right oh, now. Darn! I will, because because we we named her in in the first session. She didn't appear in the second one. Uh, okay, then yeah. So we we'll, I'm gonna
0: name her Svetlana because I think that I like that name a lot. And if that's not it, then apologies to the us from two sessions ago.
1: Does that sound fair? There's a, the, uh, yeah, that that's that that's fine. I was gonna say there's a uh, there's there's a cut back where there's a. a oh wait, a scene we that have it no, We
0: have it here. Aha! No, Ingrid was Ingrid, Ingrid. Was me, wasn't it? No, no, nope, that's her. Uh, that's her. No, Ingr- Ingrid's fell yep. Past. Yeah, that's All right. her. Perfect. Aha! These are note taking. We keep, we
1: we keep great notes, Jeff.
0: Um. So yeah. Um. Ivar is walking behind with Ingrid, kind of carrying a sword at her side. And, you know, the handful of Jotunheim uh, people willing to defend, I think we get a shot back to, we get a shot back to like a house of, um, we get a shot back of Leaf, of Leaf just like watching this from a, a, from a window, you know, a similar setup, but much more to, to Claudius, you know, with the map and the daggers Mm -hmm. And like just giant X's where traps have fallen shy, and and um,
1: I think I I, I think Leaf is standing there though with the scythe in mm-hmm. hand, and the blade is arcing over their mm-hmm. head.
0: And, and Fenstis is just walking out, and it's like, I wish we could have settled this with words. I I really really do, but I doubt that that is an option, and so. Let us settle this. The let us settle this the other way, and just starts to grow. I uh, sent the
1: baron to do a man's job? And then, Ka, you know, Ka-chunk. Ka,
0: and it's just like it. It it kind of has that feeling of like carrying a heavy box one spurt at a time. That sort of thump mm-hmm. to dump, and it's just suddenly like massive arm massive R and it just like you just watch the robe like the robe come you know chat like tears the shreds and these wearing like on just barely armor underneath as it just grows and grows and he become and he just begins to channel more than anything just the size of a mirror right just mm-hmm. that just that scope of it
1: um so uh what color is the fire that surrounds, uh, Fenstus's body?
0: It is, uh, it is deep. We said, what, what did we say? It was, we said it was sort of autumn-ish. Mm-hmm. Then it's going to be sort of an ember brown. Like, it was like a reddish, a okay. reddish, ruddy brown. A reddish, ruddy, a reddish brown. Oh, it's, it,
1: it's the color of yeah. earth, but yep. fire. And and I think that the 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 limbs as Ymir's is as the bone shards are coming out of the ground, they're not like other bone bonded where it's it's whole bones. I think it's the shape of bones made up of thousands of Mm -hmm. fragments. I that's amazing. It's it's just the shattered wreckage of all these other giants coming together, and most bone bonded stop at about thirty feet Mm -hmm. tall, and. I think when Ymir crests seventy feet is when uh, Corwin sort of uh, looks over at uh, Claudius and says, "If we make it out of this alive, you owe me even more."
0: And I just reach for my so. Actually, I don't. I don't reach for my sword. What am I saying? I that's ridiculous. I'm gonna tap two boxes of my people. (laughs) I think I reach for my sword. And I like draw it and I just point and I'm like. Dispatch, like, like chop this, chop this tree down, chop, you know, the larger they are. Show us what happens when they are larger. And I'm going to tap two boxes of my people, leaving me with one left to call in a favor or to to call in the right one for the job, a huskarl. With uh, a plus mm-hmm. four to force, we'll say we'll say this is a this is um, you know the the classic. I am bringing in my largest person, which is like seven feet tall, but I'm still calling in the sure. largest person that I have. Okay, hoping uh, that they will they will stand against them.
1: Uh, name this person real quick.
0: Their name is um, their name is uh Hyronius, but I only refer to them as Hammer.
1: Okay, uh, and then four their approach it doesn't the thing they're good at does not have to be an approach it can just be a broad thing just like with my bandits
0: uh it is overpowering
1: so they're overpowering at plus four they get six stress boxes and if i remember right they also get in peril um ironius does anyway uh and then um oh look this is a classic uh this is from war of metal and bone era uh iron um they have a stunt called The Bigger They Are. Uh, and it means they get a plus two to attack when opponent has scale. Okay. So, uh, that is Hyronius.
0: And I just, like, step back and I let Hyronius just, like, bum rush uh, Feistus's, uh, like, ankle, right? To try and, like... Mm-hmm. Do sort of, a, I guess, a double leg takedown on a single ankle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, so, um, because this may be the first actual combat we've had since we've done this, um, Iron Ed Accelerated uses um, handoff initiative. So, since Hyronius took the first action, Hyronius is going to go. And then uh, you, being the person who controls Hyronius, will choose who is going to go next. The actors in this situation, as I see them and feel free to add or adjust as you see fit, are Hyronius, Yumi, Fenstus, uh, and then just sort of the world in general so we can play out the background stuff cinematically. That sounds good. Okay, wonderful. So Hyronius is going first and uh, taking the attack action, uh, I'm assuming using overpowering. Yeah. Okay, well then I will roll on behalf of Fenstus. All right. And Fenstus is going to uh, defend using force. Uh, Now, Fenstus operates at epic scale, so that means that uh, they are one, two, three steps ahead. So they're just going to roll plus six. Okay.
0: I have rolled a total of six uh, plus two because oh. you have scale. So that's a total of eight plus eight.
1: Okay. Um, Fences roll this a straight up six. You just got an even six. So that is two shifts that you've got on Fenstis And I think out of shock, those hits are just going to go through Okay. Uh, as two shifts of stress. So describe what it looks like when Heronius just rolls in and attacks this massive fuck off giant.
0: I think I lift the foot and like shove it back. Right? Like I think Hieronius lifts the foot and shoves it back and like steps back and, and is, and you know, knocks, fights this on, knocks fences onto one knee. It doesn't knock them over, but knocks them onto a knee so that they're mm-hmm. in this position. And then Hieronius just like cracks his knuckles and ends like, okay,
1: all right uh who is going next
0: uh i think next is going to be uh i think claudius is going to be next
1: okay what does claudius do
0: um claudius is going to uh actually you know what i think the world's go let's 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 have the world go next all right uh so um, i want to know what happens once once fence is 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 uh taking a knee
1: okay so cinematically let's uh let's have you nominally control the Petruvian side of the world okay. and I'll control the Midgardian side. Uh, so the Petruvians I think have the upper hand at this point in time. So what did, mm-hmm. what do the Petruvians do in general?
0: The Petruvians are so sur- like have started to surround the Midgardians. Okay. They are the, the, the few of us that are left are like causing an arc, you know, surrounding, surrounding and, and closing in.
1: All right. I think as the arc is closing in, um, you see uh Ivar sort of uh look over at Ingrid uh and and sort of just grin and like roll his shoulders a little bit and and the firelight is reflecting off that dragon scale armor uh i think the uh, the camera pans up to the window of the mead hall and you don't see uh Oh, I just had it leaf. You know, you don't see leaf standing there anymore. Um, but there's an obvious like cinematic effect that you can tell he's coming down the stairs or they're coming down the stairs. Love it. Um, and I think that, uh, Ingrid, uh, pulls out a couple of daggers and just sort of flips them in her palms and catches the hilts as the, the, our characters from the previous games all sort of prepare for the Petruvian mm-hmm. ring to close in on them because uh, they know that the Petruvians don't know what they're what they're fucking with. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think cool. I think I think we also then see one last thing, mm-hmm. which is um, I'm not even going to say I don't even think we see anything. I think that I think um, as Ivar gives a grin, like his eyes pan over and like it pans over to a cliff to like a, a rock outcropping. And there's just like, you know, the light catches it in just such a way to reveal there's like a crack and a, and a crevice in it. Mm-hmm. There's just like a a, a or a, an opening within this this rock formation.
1: And everyone who has seen the prequels knows that Sigrun is down there mm-hmm. watching all of this. Yep. That's awesome. Um. Cool. Who would you like to see go next? Um. Let's have let's have Fenstis go. Okay. I think that Fenstis, um, we can see it because we're the audience and have an omnipresent and omniscient camera. Has kind of a sad smile on his face as he looks down, uh, at Hieronius, and the giant um, moves, but not the way that a bone bonded would normally move. Um, Ymir is going to use the approach worldly. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think in this instance, that means that Ymir is almost one with the earth Mm -hmm. because he is the earth. So I think that the, that the bones, it's almost like, um, in the style of, uh, of the mummy right with with the face in the sand in that first movie i think that the bone fragments all sort of rain down to the ground and you don't see fencedus anywhere and then the ground rumbles briefly and a (laughs) massive hand (laughs) that is comprised of all of the bones that were making up the entire body just blasts up from the ground um grabbing at Hieronius with the intent to take and just slam him to the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, Fenstis is going to mark um, another box of summon the bones that leaves him with one box left. Uh, so he's going to operate at God at godlike like that scale. sounds right. Um, and let's see if that is, um, While operating at giant scale, thanks to some of the bones, you operate at giant scale until you send the bone. Okay, so yeah, um, this makes you godlike for the rest of the time that he is present. So, uh, that worldly approach uh, rolls at plus four on its own and is um, four steps above where poor fenstis is. Uh, so that is going to be a total of plus eight to the dice. Okay.
0: I've, I've rolled, I, Hyronius is again, just going to try and like pull the fingers apart the same way that he, he knocked, he knocked you onto one knee and roll, uh, I rolled a minus one. So that's going to be a plus three total.
1: Okay. The difference is five shifts. Okay. Uh, Hyronius being, um, an NPC does not have any fate points. Um, you, I think uh, we'll flex a little bit because we're co GMs. I would say you can use your fate points on him if you would like to.
0: Um, I'm going to Um, not do that. And I'm simply going to take the five stress. I think, I think this is okay. I think this is simply being, you know, obliterated.
1: Yeah. So the fist comes down and slams him into the ground. And as the bones sort of fall away and reform into Ymir, Almost faster than, than than you can see, Hieronius is laying there on the ground. I think he coughs and gets up, but his body is just covered in small cuts mm-hmm. from all the bone shards. Um, and since he didn't take, uh, he didn't mark his imperial condition. I think that uh, he didn't like break any limbs or anything, but he is obviously battered and bruised mm-hmm. to hell. Um, he he literally can take one more hit like that before a stiff breeze will knock yeah. him over. Okay, wonderful. Uh, so that was Fences going. Uh, I would like to see uh, Claudius already.
0: No, Claudius is not gone. We
1: some. Summon... Claudius is not gone because you summoned Hieronius yeah. to the fight. So Claudius, let's see what you got.
0: Um, I think at this moment, Claudius is. I'm going to um, introduce. I'm going to call in. Not call in a favor. I'm going to like tap my other my last box of my people. I think at this moment, I am. Uh. I think at this moment, I am calling in a person more so because I need someone to take the fall. Like I need I I need a an ace in the hole to throw someone to throw someone away. Right. I need, Mm -hmm. I need someone to, uh, their, their specialty is, uh, right-hand man. Their specialty is giving orders, is giving orders on behalf of, of the, on behalf of me. They have a plus two at that. Their name is, um, uh, we'll go with, uh, we'll go with Cedric. Their name is Cedric. It's a very basic name. They are my, they are my second. They are my. They are my, my right hand and I pull them aside and I'm like, we can't we can't defeat whatever this is, but we can force him to stop. do what it takes to force this, to force this to stop or do what it takes to force them to, to force them to a knee. If we can't do it physically, we will do it morally and emotionally and i'm basically i'm 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 indulging in my worst self and basically making the call again to go to to go to if they will not kneel we will for we will chop them down but my my action is to tap my people and put cedric in the scene
1: okay and then
0: i want to see what i want to see what and then i want to see what corwin does after that
1: all right um so Cedric is in the scene now. Um uh, on slide 10, will you make a card for Cedric real quick?
0: Yes, yes I will.
1: And so your intent with Cedric uh was to have to have Cedric uh what start verbal negotiations? Is that
0: um to start ordering the other uh the other soldiers to basically like Ignore the fight and start targeting civilians.
1: Oh, so it's the same thing as you had ordered before. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um. So, um, right hand only uh, only gets a plus two for this one because yep. uh, Cedric is not your husk. Carl. And I don't. Yeah, I'm just. I don't uh, think we have a stunt. Just uh, stating for uh, the people who yep. are listening, and uh, you also don't get in. He doesn't get an imperil either. Right. Um, Got it. So.
0: What does Corwin do when when you hear that when you hear what what the butcher is has in mind?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that I think that Corwin just looks over at at Claudius, and uh, in one of those moments where there's there's far too much time to actually say something compared to how things are really proceeding, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he says, "You know, I'd heard that uh, down in the desert brand there's a large cat." call it a leopard or some such. There's a saying there that those things don't change their spots. And I'm afraid that might be the case with you. And Corwin sort of gestures to uh, to their ragtag scoundrels and uh, says, "Fellows." I think we need to stop that man right there and points to, uh, uh, what'd you name the Cedric and, and and points to Cedric. So that's going to engage the uh, bandits to go after Cedric. Uh, the uh, bandits are good at banding together and carousing. That doesn't really do much here. So they're just really going to be rolling straight up. Um,
0: but I also don't think Cedric's like right hand. Nah, I think it does. He's, 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 what do you think? I think it counts. All right. So that's a straight plus two. That is a, that is a wash.
1: Um, yeah, so I got, uh, I got plus two on, on my, and, uh, I think, um, I'm going to, uh, in, invoke, uh, I cannot cross rivers for all the bridges I burned mm-hmm. uh, and make that a four. Okay. Uh, so that's four shifts of stress uh, coming at Cedric from yep. the, from the bandits. And then, um, yeah, I think that'll be Corwin's action. Cause he's, it's sort of like you, you summoned up Cedric Corwin's just going to bring the bandits into play. Um, and then that is all of the actors in this scene. So, um, I'm of the opinion that for the top of the next round, we should see the bone bonded act again. What do you think? Yep. I think that sounds good. Perfect. Okay. Uh, then honestly, it's going to be second verse, same as the first, yep. uh, except that the Ymir is going to dispense with all pretense. There's not even going to be an attempt to form a humanoid limb with these mm-hmm. bones. The bones are just going to, to make like uh, leaf did with the Yarl and just stab up through the ground. Love Just it. a nest of knives, uh, and again the modifier on the roll is plus eight.
0: Oh, no, that's that's two. That's two minus
1: ones. Three minus ones.
0: That's four minus ones. That's oh, a, that's a, that's a zero.
1: That's a zero, and I rolled so that's a zero.
0: Pl- that's a zero total because it was a minus four with uh,
1: overpowering. <laughs> huh? Uh, I rolled uh, plus two on the dice. Plus eight is a ten.
0: All right, well, Hieronius is Um, out of this fight.
1: Yeah, so um, Hieronius definitely gets taken out. Um, I think we can all imagine how that happens, given my description, and we'll just elide over that a little bit. Yep. Um, I would like to see what Claudius does following that.
0: Uh, Claudius has taken... Claudius is going after... uh, (sighs) <sighs> Claudius is not happy with any of this. I think Claudius no you know what Claudius I know exactly what Claudius will do Corwin's downfall will be my redemption. okay if you can't if you can't even if uh, this is what I get for trusting bandits. I'm going after you with the full strength of my uh, with the full strength of my wrath and I'm going to attack at Corwin uh, just sort of you know sword out and I'm like bandit garbage and I run at you. And I'm going to go, I'm going to make an attack with force. Good, good. fair. All right, that's a plus three. So that's a, that is a total of six. And I'm going to preemptively invoke an aspect. I'm going to preemptively invoke my bloodstained blade of law, of law and order to put that up to an eight.
1: Okay, so I wanted to ask you a question real quick about that bloodstained blade of law and order. Yeah. This may be ridiculous. If it's ridiculous, we can walk it back. Right. But I was looking at this stunt that I have that's called, Was This Yours?
0: I think that's not ridiculous even a little bit.
1: Okay, I, fantastic. I know
0: exactly what you're asking, and it's not at all ridiculous.
1: Okay, wonderful. Then um, I I would suggest walking back your invocation okay. of the Bloodstained yep. Blade. Um, you can either find another aspect to invoke or oh, I think we can we can call it a compel and you can get a fate point for it.
0: I'm going to I'm going to invoke Corwin's downfall will be my redemption that this is okay. that I this is I am coming at you with the, the fury of knowing that, like, I have to do this to redeem myself for what I have just ordered Cedric to do.
1: OK, so one I, I think that, that as you as you as you make this charge and this is all before my role, so mm-hmm. we'll see what actually happens oh, no, I've got a great idea for for, for Corwin. This is going to be great. All right. Um, so you, you charge, and you draw your blade. And uh, I'm going to mark a box of desperation. And the item that I have, along with plausible deniability, should that come up, uh, is in fact the Bloodstained Blade of Law and Order. And as your sword comes down, Corwin blocks your strike. With mm-hmm. Corwin's own sword, and with that, Corwin, or sorry, yeah, Corwin blocks your strike with Claudius's own sword. Corwin is going to concede the conflict. Okay, so Corwin is going to be taken out, but on Corwin's terms. Okay, not on Claudius's. So, what what is Claudius's reaction? when his family's ancestral blade is in Corwin's hands.
0: I think it's just I think it's just awe, right? It's it's awe and it's anger and it's I think I step back and I look at the like rusted piece of garbage in my hand and I'm just like there's no there's no limit. There's no limit to what you will stoop to.
1: And I think as you are as you are staring at the rusted sword the camera pans back and Corwin is actually not there. And I think Claudius hears a voice just behind, just behind them says, you probably should have let me go when I asked you to. And then Corwin's just gone. Like out of the conflict. I don't think we know what happens to them necessarily. We might be able to epilogue it, but Corwin's not a part of this conflict anymore. And Claudius is missing a sword.
0: And I think, well, I think the and I think, speaking of epiloguing it, I think that this is this is kind of the note to I think end this specifically with an invocation of my other stunt, onward to Valhalla.
1: Oh, where I think this is good.
0: I think what has happened is like you know the swarm of bone shards is approaching. You know the other the other soldiers are kind of backing up. Uh, Ivar and and Ingrid are twirling their weapons the uh claudia starts to back up or claudia starts to back up and the, the, a scythe lowers and you know the ground starts to shake as something built beneath the surface in the event that jotun is in danger we, we don't see what it is begins to shake and in that moment uh claudius like just throws a glance at cedric who draws a sword and puts it to someone's throat and everyone's attention in the time that it it takes like leaf to to strike down cedric claudius is just gone is all is Mm -hmm. is you know off into the woods and i think like that's that's the note that's the downfall right is that you know all of the posturing all of the all of the heel promos in the world when it came down to it, you know, this is Jotunheim is a place that is protected Mm -hmm. to steal a line from Dr. Who, which is much better than anything that I will create.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, go ahead and mark out of favor. Yeah. On, on Claudius there. Um, wow. That's a really solid ending.
0: That's a very good ending.
1: I like that a lot. I'm, I'm just sitting here enjoying enjoy right (laughs) just enjoying the resonance of that that is that's really good it's
0: exactly it's exactly what I wanted when we decided we were going to play like scoundrel awful characters was it's the exact level of comeuppance and it works here's why it works great like this is our this is our debrief yeah here's why here's why the here's why I was so ready to play this is because we had outlined so many like compelling heroic characters that I was like I want to put a villain here and just watch and just watch them not stand up to like the strike that we have given these these people who will defend this place. Mm-hmm. It's it's outlining a great superhero team and then going and then we're going to watch the villain just get crushed.
1: Yeah. That's wonderful. That was good. That was fun. Yeah. Oh, Jeff, thank you so much for this. this thank I, you. This I, is a treasure. I love, I love playing this game with you.
0: It's a it's a treasure every single time. I love it. Uh I'm, I'm smiling ear to ear. I don't know if you can hear it on the on the on mic, but I'm smiling ear to ear.
1: It 100 percent. It, it comes through.
0: Good. I'm glad. Tracy, thank you so much for coming on the show and playing this with me. This is always such a treasure.
1: I, I'm. I, I, I I'm come from a midwest christian background so i hesitate to use the word uh blessing lightly because it carries a lot of connotations but it's a goddamn blessing to play with thank you. <laughs> you
0: that makes me very happy uh real quick before we wrap up where can people find you and your work online
1: oh you can find me online pretty much everywhere as the other tracy uh tracy is spelled t-r-a-c-y that's my website it's my twitter uh my uh, itch.io itch.io page is uh the other Tracy.itch.io. Uh The only exception is my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Tracy And yeah, you can buy my games. You can support my Patreon. You can listen to my work. You can play my work. Uh, I have come to the realization that I do a lot of things and I'm just very happy that I'm able to. So if I you love, have I dug any feeling. of this, if you've dug any of this and you want to support any of it, that would just be thrilling to me. Uh,
0: I know that feeling real well, but thank you so much for doing the show. This was a delight. And for now, I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take a future me. Thanks, past me. And thanks again to Tracy for a out of the show. I swear every time we play this game, I love it even more than the last. And that one was no exception. That game owned. Be sure to check the show notes for more information about Tracy's work, including the other cast, another blank page, all of their games and Ironnet accelerated. It's all in the show notes and be sure to follow them on Twitter at the other Tracy. Now, if you enjoyed this episode and I really, really hope you did, here's a few ways that you can directly support the show. One is you can tell a friend, you can just tell up somebody you liked it. You can tweet at me at at party of one pod or post it on Facebook at facebook.com slash party of one podcast. All of those things are just, you know, put that positivity into the world you can leave a nice review on iTunes, Podchaser, Podbean. Whatever service you use to listen to podcasts probably has a review function, and reviews there are really helpful for boosting discoverability, which helps us get listed on fancy lists and things. That's really, really helpful. You can financially support the show at patreon.com slash Stormer. $5 a month gets you next week's episode this week. $10 a month gets you unedited audio a few weeks in advance, and $20 a month gets you a picture of the entire Party of One production calendar, so you can see exactly how far in advance we plan all of this crap. Or, you can also just support the other podcast that I produce every week, All My Fantasy Children, on the OneShot Podcast Network, a tabletop-inspired character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast powered by you. Every week, my best friend, Denaro, Quintano Saez, and I take a listener-submitted prompt, we spin it into an original fantasy character, and we populate a shared universe one story at a time. New episodes drop every Friday-ish at oneshotpodcast.com. Any of those things is a tangible showing of support, which really makes me happy, and it means the world to me, and I can't really emphasize that enough. Anyway, Party of One is produced and edited, as always, by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Megaran, featuring the d and Sluggers. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates coming onto the show as a guest or press coverage of the show, you can email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And I think that's it. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defying acts of resistance and as always party on everybody